a story, fill up the pages, sing a little song, keep me around, keep me with you, right by your nightstand, keep me around, as long as you can. I, I'm always stutter step this first part here, but because you're the cold open i am i'm but i'm i'm pretty cold tonight too i always overthink it hey everybody welcome to laundry night (laughs) we're recording live from our bedroom because the laundry machine is a growling monster out in the rest of the house yeah it also keeps regurgitating water for no reason yeah her house has been flooded several times it's cool though i only have like three piles of laundry i need to do yeah i haven't been putting it off Maddie's been hoarding laundry like a stinky goblin. And now we've got to move mountains. What's the podcast again? What podcast are we, Tucker? I don't know anymore. <laughs> I think we're a film critique podcast now, after last week. And now, more or less, this is ADD Storytelling, a podcast in which we explore the myths and legends of our time, the past, present, and the future, in no particular order and sometimes with less than perfect focus. My name's Tucker, and I'm sitting across on my bed, from our diaphanous neurodivergent host, what's your name? Maddie. Hey, Maddie. Hi. This is fun. It's like a sleepover. Yeah, it's so, not like we're married and we live together or anything. You look like you're holding back some kind of like jiggly secret or fun tantalizing tale that you're ready to just bestow and regurgitate all upon my listening earlo- earlobes. Wow. Yeah. Is that you asking me what we're talking about today? I mean, it could be construed as such. I was, I mean, it's just true. You do look like you're withholding some kind of scrumptious morsel. (laughs) Okay, well, today we're going to be talking about tales from the Inuit tribal area. What does that encompass? So, Inuit is like um, a group of similar tribes as far as like geographically. And languagey goes. So it's like... Languagey. Yeah. So there's like four <laughs> main dialects in Inuit, and they have like subdialects, et cetera. But in the same way that you would say like Coast Salish, and that it mm. involves a bunch of different tribes, it's the same thing a with very Inuit. large region. It's a large region. Yeah. So would... But does so like Inuit and... Entire... Alaska, Greenland. Okay, that's what I was wondering. So it's like Alaska, there. Greenland, Antarctica. Or not Ar- Antarctica, sorry. Arctic. Ar- the Arctic, yeah. Yeah, the other, other side. Yeah. Of the, the globe. The up top one. Yeah, up top for us. The up top. Well, for who else? Is it not for someone? Well, I guess if you're in space, technically there's no up, but our gravitational north, as an as a, we've decided. Concept. Yeah. Our sources today. Here we go. We've got neveralonegame.com. Sorry? <laughs> hold, hold up. <laughs> Never and... alone game? That's what it's called. And that, is that a scholarly website? It's a game. Okay. Created by... Well, I'll talk about it later. <laughs> I'll talk about it once I read the other one. Once it's pertinent. Yeah. And the other source... Back into Spongebob last week. So this is... I mean, it says Eskimo Folk Tales. 53 Inuit Folk and Fairy Tales um, by... It's compiled by Nud Remison... Oh, they really got like half of that right. Self-righted there halfway through. 
we don't normally use the term Eskimo um, because the Inuit tribes have requested that we don't. That's it. The person who collected the stories is a Danish explorer who's part Inuit, apparently. Okay. And it's from elders and things like that. Danish Inuit. So the first one I actually want to talk about is from the Never Alone game website. So Never Alone is like this indie puzzle game that was created in, I guess, in collaboration with a tribal council. And it has a lot of Inuit mythology and tale. You play a little young person and you have a pet fox and you solve creepy puzzles. And it's actually pretty challenging. I got halfway through it and the puzzles definitely creep me out, but I was really, really interested in all the cultural videos. Every time you complete something, you get a cultural video, and it's like people talking about the tribe and all of that. So which came first here, your interest in this episode or your knowledge of this game? Uh, the game, for so me. So you knew about this before you started researching this? Yeah. How, why, where, when? Because I played it when I, when the, on my PS4. I played the game a long really? time ago. Um, Interesting. And then I was too dumb to figure it out. And you know how I get with puzzles. Like, you saw me with Zelda and my rage. So I got halfway through it, which I feel like is a real accomplishment for me. For you, yeah. Certainly without anyone else around to, like, witness your progress. I feel like when it comes to, like, a gaming impediment like that, you're more prone to just say, fuck it. Yeah, that's also the same reason why I haven't finished the Legend of Korra game. Because it's, like, super ridiculously hard for some reason. That was a pretty good segue. Because I was just about to ask if you were going to be talking about northern tribes you mean like in um an avatar yeah oh that's super interesting yes i suppose that the water tribe in avatar is inuit inuit yeah i didn't yeah. even know actually i didn't make that connection well, well, well i guess um i should no that's actually not true if you recall from the the fantastic live action movie those were white people so i actually i'm going to redact what i said there that doesn't actually do you know what's interesting is that... How good that movie was. No, we don't talk about that movie. It's a very good movie. What were you going to say about the film? Oh, I was going to say something about the animation of Guitara. So um, depending on who's directing the animation, Guitara's nose becomes super petite or it becomes more... Bulbous? I wouldn't say bulbous. I was um, going to say like ethnically accurate. Oh. Uh. See, that's better than bulbous or what I was about to say, beak-like. Some kind of frontal protuberance. So, like, all the concept sketches, she actually looks ethnic, you know, and then not as much. um, In the live action. Well, definitely not in the live action. Less so than. She's white, but in the animated series, they, like, go back and forth on, like, the size of her nose, which is interesting. That is. That's a fun fact. Yeah. Anyway, the then, Never Alone game. Yes, tell me, so it's a puzzle game. It's a puzzle game. It's an indie game. And you say it's creepy. It's they they have like some creepy little like creatures that are involved when Based you're trying off, to solve like, a puzzle. And yeah, like, mythology. That's fun. So is it all right? I guess these, like, the questions I have now are more about just like visual style of this, but that's it's animated and drawn. Figured as much. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, I guess the fox, like, 
one of the game developers had a relative who lived in the Arctic that had an Arctic fox. No shit. Yeah, so then they put it in the game. Like their pet fox they put in the game? No. Or just a representation of their pet fox? Uh, An ode to said pet fox? That's what gave them the idea to put the pet, the, the, fox in the game because it's you're it's kind of like you can go back and forth between those two you were just playing some kind of other weird indie fox based arctic puzzle game spirit of the north yeah that was just a non-white fox it was a regular fox non-white fox it wasn't an arctic fox it was a like orange one ah white as in like what i am no. I was like, I didn't really get that subtext yeah, for... in Spirit of the North. Yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, the Never Alone game, like its overall story, is based off of a tale, Kanuksayuka. He did it. Maddie was practicing this before we started. He nailed it. <laughs> there was no hesitation in well, that Well, this is the one also. where I was able to actually get an audio reference, and the other one... So you're just trusting that that person that said it in that YouTube video we just played... Well, we're seeing it, right? Yeah, because it was for this game, so I feel like they know how to say it right. I mean, you say that, but then like the director of Total Recall calls the movie Total Total Recall. You can't trust people that are involved in creative process. Total Recall is bullshit. So for the game, though, it's like a lot of indigenous people are involved in the game. It's one of the few games where it's like indigenous driven, so out there, which is awesome. I don't know. Before the start of every Assassin's Creed game, Maddie, it says that this game was made by a multicultural team. So I'm pretty sure Ubisoft is leading the charge in that one. Well, they don't have They're a... pretty good people. That's a good company. Full of good people. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I would like to read the tale that this is based off of. Please. Um, and then I have a few other tales from the other book, which are pretty good, I think. What, what other book? The Inuit Tales book. So it is, it is said that a boy and his parent lived alone without any knowledge of anyone nearby. The son, whose name was Kanuksayuka, was old enough to hunt and had grown capable of doing many things. They were not in need of food. The son was able to hunt and there were many caribou. Thus was the life of the woman and her son. One winter day, as they lived their usual manner, eating caribou as before, there came a blizzard. The weather did not clear up as one blizzard was followed by yet another blizzard. I feel like I would fuck caribou up. It looks like land sushi every time I've seen uh, Inuit people eating it. Huh. It just looks like... It looks really good. But it looks like raw fish. And that to me... And same with like blubber. Like, and, and, and time I've seen like Inuit food, it looks oddly appealing. Huh. In that it just looks like land sushi. I already said that, but I'm proud of it. Yeah, I didn't feel like you laughed hard enough at it. <laughs> Sorry, so I'm just gonna I didn't throw laugh that at there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it is said that with each gust of wind, the powdery snow blew in every direction. Following that, it stopped briefly and then became windy all over again. It was difficult to see anything in the blizzard. The woman's son was unable to hunt. They began to run out of food. Although Kanuk Sayuka was a good hunter during clear weather, the blizzardy weather was simply not a time to hunt. It was dangerous to travel at any distance. All one could see was a mass of white swirling snow. Kanusayuka waited day after day for the weather to clear until finally one day he wondered, What a what is causing the weather to be like this? Saying this, he dressed himself properly and went outside. He walked, facing the wind, 
and began to walk upriver along the bends and steep undercut sections of the riverbank. Meanwhile, the wind blew by the snow strongly in the blizzard. He continued on his way up the river and hadn't gone far when he noticed a spot further up the river that wasn't as blizzardy. It was rather bright, and the weather appeared to be clear beyond it. He approached this spot and saw that for some reason the blizzard seemed to be originating from a small tundra meadow. He looked around carefully as he walked closer to it because he was curious to know what might be causing it. Since light seemed to be filtering through the swirling mass of snow, he grew even more curious, and as he looked carefully around, he found what looked like a person, a man, apparently working hard on a flat tundra. He noticed that the man was indeed working hard. He got a cigarette. It is said that the man used something to mash the snow until it was loose, and then he shoveled it off the ground. Oh, good use of mash. Each time he did this, a gust of wind came and blew the loose snow in the direction of Kanuksayuka's home. Very much appreciate that for Kanuksayuka saw this and said to himself, So that's the one who does it. He had found the source of the blizzard. Like, suddenly it's like a sitcom. <laughs> so that's the one. He briefly looked at the strange sight. What are you doing sight, in there, Kramer? Retraced his steps and started to approach the man from behind. The man back there was working so hard that he wasn't even aware of any approaching it's strangers. Hitting that, he was a hard worker. Yeah. It's all boned up doing that labor. Yeah. Apparently he worked this hard all day long with no thought of caution. <laughs> Kanuksayuka went toward the man, walking closer each time the shovel shoveled snow swirled with wind. Every time it calmed down, Kanuksayuka hid so the man wouldn't see him. This was the manner in which he crept up close behind him. He had come close enough so that the next time there was a blizzard, he would have been able to reach the man when the man started to mash the snow again. It is said he was a big man. Jesus Christ, this is sexual. After he mashed the snow, he grabbed his shovel and as he began to shovel the snow quickly into the air, Kanuksayuka ran towards the... What you got? Towards the... It says A-D-Z-E. Adz? That might be a thing. I'm not sure. Might towards be. the... I'm going to say shovel. Towards, towards the, the shovel, shovel? The man had used to mash the snow and grabbed it. That's the third use of mash. Oh, it must not be. It must be a thing. Because yeah. they're using it over and over again. Yeah, it's an adz. 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 We should probably find out what that is here. Away, Kanuksayuka went with the Adza as the big man shoveled the snow, creating blizzard after blizzard. However, the big man saw him as Kanuksayuka. Uh, it's grabbed an axe. The it's a type of axe. Oh, it's a type of axe. Okay. He threw down a shovel, climbed up from the flat tundra, and ran after Kanuksayuka. But Kanuksayuka was too fast. Off he had run with the Adza in his hand. That is losing, losing her grip on the name of the character and the axe. The big man chased him without chasing him until Kanuksayuka had successfully entered his home with the Adze. Once inside, Kanuksayuka lay down on his bed. It is said that he was situated across from his mother. He hadn't lain down long when he heard someone climbing on top of their house to the skylight. The big man could be heard to sing about Kanuksayuka. This is how it went. Um, and it's in... Sing it. Inuit. Please sing it. Um, which is like, sure I'm not going to try because it's very difficult. Um, but in English, they have an English equivalent. So will I'll do you, that. Will you sing that though? Um, I don't know the tune, but well, it's the Kanusayuka, start... the name. Uh -huh. Give me my ads so that tomorrow when you go outside, you will find caribou feet. It is said the man sang over and over again outside the skylight. 
He wanted Kanuk Sayuka to return the ants that he had brought inside the house. This happened Gosh, until after good. listening to him sing all day, Kanuk Sayuka's mother finally grew tired of him and said to her son, What or what did you do to get that one up there who wants anyway? Why is this large aroused man on our roof? And why is he so angry about his axe? <laughs> yes. He keeps throwing caribou feet down at the window. Although she asked him this. You've seen how big this man is. It's been so hard for days now. <laughs> He did Please not get answer him off the roof. and only ignored her. After that, he lay still for a while until he finally stood up. He grabbed the adze and began to use it against the stones that surrounded the fireplace. It is said by, that by hitting the rocks with it, he ruined the edge of the blade. Yeah, this done, he then happened. threw it out into the skylight. Threw it out of the skylight. The big man had seen his adze being tossed up and out the skylight, and because this made him so happy, he burst out laughing. After his give, loud laugh. This is a good one for you to do. Give us a chore. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> After this loud laugh, he was quiet for a while when he was again heard to sing from above. Once again, he said his name, Kanuk Sayuka, who chipped the blade of my ads so that tomorrow when you go outside, you will see caribou feet. It is said he sang the same song, except that he used the used two different words. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Meaning that he changed the words from chip the blade instead of give me back the blade. So it's also said that after singing the song, he left and could no longer be heard. Well, see you later then. Yeah, that's the end. I've and then done the what I stopped, came to do here. Hot old man away. <laughs> Hardworking. Thank you for all you've done, young tot boy. No more time for me to be around here. Okay, so... In this next story, I would prefer if you didn't do sexual jokes, but the one after that, maybe you can. That's so, um, though, to reiterate, yeah, that's all what the game is about. That's the story that inspired the game. So, so there's a little boy lost in a blizzard. In the game. In the game. Is there a creepy old man? There's a bunch of creepy things and puzzles you have to solve. Old man about- come into play. I didn't see an old man, but maybe there is. Because I remember I didn't finish it because I can't do puzzles very well. <laughs> well, thank you for that tale. It was harrowing. Harrowing? Yeah. Didn't expect so much. Songs? No, songs were expected this evening. It's, you know, geriatric arousal. It's not usually on the menu, but. That's, it wasn't in the story either. You just sure put was. it in there. Well, <laughs> you just did that. Big to differ. And maybe someone will think it's funny. Oh. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? I hope so, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> Just scraping that barrel there. <laughs> okay. This one is called The Woman Who Had a Bear as a Foster Son. Cool. Yeah. Okay. There was once an old woman living in a place where others lived. Kick ass. That sounds like most of the places people live. <laughs> it does. I, I, I can visualize this. This is already off to a good start. She lived nearest the shore. and uh, when those Same. Who same. Lived... Most people actually do. <laughs> the majority of people live where other people live, usually close to a body of water, which and, have shores on them. And when those who lived in houses above had been out hunting, they gave her both meat and blubber. Because she's old. And once they were out hunting as usual, and now and again they got a bear, so that frequently and so that they frequently ate bear's meat. And they came home with a whole bear. 
The old woman received a piece from the ribs as her share and took it home to her house. Damn, you know, that's not something I've ever heard. I mean, I guess, yeah, of course, that's just game meat, in a way. You know what bears taste like? I don't know. There's not enough of them for me to be like, let's try bear. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not looking to try it, but I'm just, yeah, I'm not going to try whale either. After she had come home to her house, the wife of the man who had killed the bear came to the window and said, Dear little old woman in there. I bet she has a name. That's kind of fucked up. Would you like to have a bear's cup? <laughs> and the old woman went and fetched it and brought it into her house, shifted her lamp, and placed the cub because it was frozen up on the dying frame to thaw. Drying huh? frame. Sorry. Drying frame to thaw. Okay. Suddenly, she noticed that it moved a little and took it down to warm it. Then she roasted some blubber, for she had heard that bears lived on blubber, and in this way she fed it from that time onwards, giving it greaves to eat and melted blubber to drink, and it lay beside her at night. Damn, that's a setup. And after it had begun to lie beside her at night, it grew very fast, and she began to talk to it in human speech, and thus it gained the mind of a human being. As you did. Nope. And when it wished to ask its foster mother for food, it would sniff. That's that. Can you give me a little presentation of that? You should do that. You should do the sound effects. <laughs> Little sniff. The old woman, the old woman now no longer suffered want, and those living near brought her food for the cub. The children came sometimes to play with it, but then the old woman would say, "Little bear, remember to sheathe your claws when you play with them." Oh shit! This is like a Chekhov's gun. Gonna come back. In the morning, the children would come to the window and call in. Little bear, come out and play with us, for now we are going to play. And Is when this they went play out, out like that biblical story where the, all the bears killed like 30 boys? Isn't that what happened? Just like a horde of school children that were just mauled by bears? Like 30, bear, 30 kids. Oh, was it 30 bears that came out? No, I think it was 30 kids and like six bears. It was, an, that, <laughs> it was a was ludicrous weird, amount of bear. That it's, was from our Weird Bible Tales episode. Yeah, that's great. That was a good one. Okay. These kids were inundated with bears. And when they went out to play together, it would, it would break the children's Let toy harpoons, harpoons to pieces. Toy harpoons. You oh. know, to practice. But whenever it wanted to give any of the children a push, it would always sheathe its claws. But at last it grew so strong that it nearly always made the children cry. And when it had grown so strong, the grown-up people began to play with it. And they helped the old woman in this way, in making the bear grow stronger. But after a time, not even grown men dared play with it. So great was its strength. And they said to one another, Let us take it with us when we go out hunting. It may help us find seal. So one day in the dawn, they, they came to the old woman's window and cried, Little bear, come and earn our share of catch. It's not little anymore, though. That's the whole point of this portion of the story. It's no longer little. It's large and strong. Yeah, I guess they just call it little bear. Little bear, come and earn a share of our catch. Come out hunting with us, bear. And before the bear went out, it sniffled at the old woman, and then it went out with the men. On the way, one of the men said, Little bear, you must keep downwind, for if you do not do so... you smell like shit, bear. <laughs> the game will scent you and take fright. <laughs> God, bear, you reek. <laughs> You're a rancid-smelling bear. One day, when they went, had been out hunting and were returning home, they called in to the old woman. It was very nearly killed by the hunters from the northward. We hardly managed to save it alive. Give, therefore, some mark by which it may be known, a broad color of plated sinews about its neck. Sorry, hold up. This is the bear that was nearly killed? Yes. What And what happened to it? Um, Some northern tribe, like... Oh, they tried to hunt 
hunt their bear? Hunters from the north um, tried to kill their little bear because they didn't know that he was a friend bear. And now it's got a plate mail? Plated sinews and a braided collar. A broad so collar. Rips ass. Cool. So the old foster mother made a mark for it to wear. A collar of plated sinews as broad as a harpoon line. That's pretty good. After that, it never failed That's to catch seal language. and was stronger even than the strongest of hunters and never stayed at home even in the worst of all weather. It was also not bigger than an ordinary bear. All the people in the other villages knew it now, and although they sometimes came near to catching it, they would always let it go as soon as they saw the collar. Like a bit of a super detail. And now the people from beyond the town heard that there was a bear which could not be caught. And then one of them said, if I ever see it, I will kill it. There's but just one person that said that? Just a person from... Beyond the town? Beyond the town. Okay. But the other said, you must not do that, for the bear's foster mother could ill manage without its help. If you do see it, do not harm it, but leave it alone, as soon as you see its mark. One day when the bear came home as usual from hunting, the old foster mother said, whenever you meet with the men, treat them as if you were kin of one of them. Never seek to harm them unless they first attack. And it heard the foster mother's words and did as she said. And thus the old foster mother kept the bear with her. In the summer it went out hunting in the sea, and in the winter on the ice. And the other hunters now learned to know its ways and received shares of its catch. Once during a storm, the bear was away hunting as usual, but it did not come home until evening. Then it sniffed at its foster mother and sprang up onto the bench, where its place was on the southern side. What does that mean? It's, it sits on the... Bench. South side of the bench. Yeah. Then the old sure. foster mother went out of the house and found outside the body of a dead man, which the bear had hauled home. I feel like we talked about this last week, but just with how like uh, folk tales and like fairy tales and things like that, one of like the hallmarks of them, they tend to not have just random details and they don't tend to spend a lot of time fleshing out the world. This particular tale has a whole lot of random details. Yeah, I think very specific. I think the um It's really funny. I was reading somewhere else that like in telling of Inuit tales, I think it was about the the intro of the Inuit book, they were saying that like when you're telling the tale, you need to have like more and more details and it's like the goal of it is to make it a bedtime story. So like the more details you have, the more likely someone's going to fall asleep and it's like it's mm-hmm. an honor to have mm-hmm. someone fall asleep at the end of your thing. The long yeah, it's kind of like that that kind of long-winded yeah, what ends up being actually transcribed. South Bench. Mm-hmm. That must mean something. There must be, I'm, I'm sure with a greater uh, cultural context, that would mean more. Yeah. But I don't have that. So I just thought South Bench was good. Also, we're at a bit of a cliffhanger now because you just brought down, <laughs> brought home a dead body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I figured we'd circle back to the body. <laughs> Is it a boy? It's the body of a, a body of a, a lithe man. boy, dead man. So. Dead men are just old lithe boys, I guess. Um, what is a dead man if not a post boy? The old foster mother went out the house and found outside the body of a dead man, which the bear had hauled home. What? Then, without going in again, the old woman went hurrying to the nearest house and cried at the window, "Are you all at home? Why?" The little bear has come home with a dead man, one whom I do not know. When it grew light, they went out and saw that it was a man from the north, and they could see he had been running fast, for he had drawn off his furs, and he was in his underbreeches. 
Afterwards, they heard that this was, uh, they heard that it was his comrades who had urged the bear to resistance because he would not leave it alone. A long time after this had happened, the old foster mother said to the bear, You had better not stay with me here always. You would be killed if you do, and that would be a pity. You had better leave me. Oh, so sad. And she wept as she said this. Yo, he killed someone in their underwear. It's time for him to go. But the bear thrust his muzzle sad. right down to the floor and wept so greatly it did it grieve to go away from her. No, oh, but they were attacking that nude him. man. No, the guy was running because he like provoked it to the point where it and attacked it, and then the yeah, bear attacked I mean, back. I'm sure. I'm sure they're both sides of the story, and they probably both have arguments, but only one of them is dead. Uh, yeah, because you, you're not supposed to attack a bear. I've never heard any kind of phrase like that. Don't poke, like, there's nothing. Don't poke the bear? There's nothing, <laughs> no. Don't One party was wrong here. Yeah, okay. So that's sad. After this, the foster mother went out every morning as soon as dawn appeared to look at the weather and to see if there was a cloud as big as one hand's in the sky. She said nothing. That's a bit obsessive. But one morning when she went out, there was not even a cloud as big as a hand, and so she came in and said, Little bear, now you'd better go. You have your own kin far away out there. But when no, the no, bear... no, the bear doesn't, because if you recall the beginning of this story, she ate that bear's kin's ribs. Well, they might have brothers or something. True. Or other but that bears. is a pretty grisly detail, I'm just now remembering. This bear <laughs> she's raised as virtually her child. She ate its parent. Well, she was involved in eating it, but she didn't kill yeah. No, I know, but it's still it's a, still a fun thing. I hope the bear, when it was hitting its like adolescent teen years, it would like throw that one back in her face. <laughs> you like, ate, you my, ate mom. my fucking mom. Yeah, that's pretty intense. That's funny. Is it? Yeah. Or is it just morbid shit? Morbid funny. But when the bear was ready to set out, the old foster mother, weeping very much, dipped her hands in oil and smeared them with soot and stroked the bear's side as it took leave of her, but in such a manner that it could not see what she was doing. The bear sniffed at her and went away. But the old foster mother went all through that day, and her fellows in the place mourned also for the loss of their bear. But men say that far to the north, when many bears are abroad, there will sometimes come a bear as big as an iceberg, with a black spot on its side. Here ends the story. It's a good one, right? It's cute. Is that what that movie Brother Bear was about? No, that was a totally different thing. I think it was the same thing. That, that I remember was another the dead movie. man in that movie. There was a dead man. There was the, there's a couple at least. No, it was a dead mama bear. No, Andy Circus played the dead man. What are you talking about? Brother Bear is another one of those animated movies by Disney where they had was it Disney? Indigenous... It was like Dream Dreamcast DreamWorks. I think it's on Disney Plus now. Um, they had an indigenous representation, right? It's like oh, it's supposed they? to be like about a tribe and that sort of thing, and like this, like inner animal ceremony where you like figure out who you are oh yeah because isn't the whole, it's just like a person gets turned into a bear right yeah so he gets a they select a bear and then he's like upset that it's a bear and then he gets turned into a bear um and then 
you know, comes to peace with it eventually. Um, but haven't they made that movie approximately twenty times? Well, the the issue is is that like, um, it's not like the story shouldn't be told, but it's like another indigenous movie where they're just like, or person of color that they just turn into an animal for most of the movie. So then you can't tell that they're a person of color for most of the movie because they're like a bear. Or yeah, like what they did to David Spade. <laughs> David Spade was a llama. Yeah, and they turned that beautiful white person into a llama for the whole movie. Well, David Spade is white, but the Cusco, you know, is I know it's indigenous. Yeah. Also. Incan. Incan, yeah. They just say Mesoamerican Fuck, history in the song. Yeah. They're, they're entirely... Cusco, instance. Emperor Cusco, which... Cusco is a town in Peru. And that's Inca. Well. Yeah. Okay, so it's probably Incan then. That's what I always assumed. Okay. Nick, yeah, because his name is Cusco. His name is David Spade. <laughs> his name is David Spade. Friend of Adam Sandler, David Spade. <laughs> do we have more tales of the Inuit? <laughs> I do. I do have another one. So this is uh, the man who took a vixen to wife. Sorry, say that again? The man who took a vixen to wife. Vixen is in a female and is this my Is this my story? What do you mean it's your story? I'm a man that took a vixen to wife. This, there's this like literal vixen, like, and we can hearken it back to our Kisune story from episode two, all the way back. Is a vixen a, an animal? A vixen is a female fox. What? Did you not know that? No. Well, now you know. Holy shit. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> How have I never known that? I don't know. It's a thing that we like a vixen this is kind of an like edutainment a... podcast. Yeah, Look, I'm learning so much. Learn the vixens of female fox. Maddie loves Adam Sandler. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm gonna cut it out again. It's okay. lore now, though. Oh no! This is the dagger I'll divorce eyes. you if you keep saying that. What? Oh shit! Don't besmirch me. Okay. So, there was once a man who wished to have a wife unlike all other wives, and so he caught a little fox, a vixen, and took it home to his tent. Off to a good start. One day, when he had been out hunting, he was surprised to find on his return that his little fox wife had become a real woman. Oh, we've been there. She had a lovely top knot, made of that which had been her tail, and she had taken off the furry skin. And when he saw her thus, he thought her very beautiful indeed. Yeah, without the furry skin, she's going to be looking better. <laughs> now she began to talk about journeyings and about how greatly she desired to see other people. And so they went off and That's came to a place work. and settled down there. A place with people? A place where people this live. This is from the last book. I know this place. <laughs> it's the place where people live. <laughs> yeah, a different place. One of the men there had taken a little hare to wife. And now these two men thought it would be a pleasant thing to change wives. Oh, she's going to eat the fuck out of that other wife, isn't she? And so they did. What? Mm. They changed wives. Wife swap. Wife swap. They did a wife swap? That's right. It really comes out of nowhere, but I love it. Okay. So the other one was hare, H-A-R-E, right? H-A-R-E. Yeah, so fox wife is going to eat hare wife. Maybe. Which sounds hot, but it's probably going to be the violent kind of eating. <laughs> Well, they switched wives. I mean, this so, is story rules. But the man who had okay. borrowed the little vixen wife began to feel scorn of her after he had lived with her a little while. 
She had a foxy smell and did not taste nice. Okay. That's where you could say something, I feel. That sounds pretty sexual to me. I mean, yeah, there's not another way you can cut it. I think, like, the joke is there. It's already been made. It's not not like the super hard, hard old man that was just super hard. Every other sentence was about how hard he was. Working. Yeah, you say that, but I think he was, all he was doing was mashing snow. With an axe thing, yeah. Yeah, that's not work. That's just what old hard men do. I don't know if I'm saying axe correct either. A-D-Z-E was what it was. Um, But yeah, so he said she had a stinky musk when he ate her. Uh, Had a foxy smell and did not taste nice. (laughs) Your face is good. I wish people could see your face. <laughs> I mean, it's exquisite, <laughs> but I mean, really, is there another way that one can? I'm trying to <laughs> trying to think of how you could interpret that sen- sentiment in a non-sexual way. I don't know. Maybe just kissing, like kissing, but even still, it's still it's profoundly weird. Licking your nose. No, that's pretty normal. That's fine. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm if I'm being honest, I'm gonna have trouble getting past that. So I apologize if like forthcoming details are completely lost on me. Okay. But, um, I'm probably gonna be sitting with that information for the coming remainder of this episode, and if not evening. But when the little vixen noticed this, she was very angry. For it was her great desire to be well thought of by the men. When he noticed her not liking her taste. When she noticed. That, when yeah, yeah yeah sorry when she noticed that he wasn't digging on her flavor. That's right. That's so she knocked out the lamp with her tail, dashed out of the house, and fled away far up into the hills. Yeah. Up in l- the hills. Linear thought process there. Yep, she just ran away. You break your lamp and run away. Up in the hills, she met a worm and stayed with him. Okay. But her husband, who was very fond of her, went out in search of her. The one that wife swapped? That that one, I believe. At last, after a long time, he found her living with a worm who had taken human form. But now it was revealed that this worm was the man's old enemy. Which man? Initial man? The worm that turned into a man. Yeah, was the initial husband's old enemy. That's right. For he had once, long before, burned a worm. And it was the soul of that worm which had now taken human form. Are we saying worm like W-Y-R-M, like old school dragon? No, we're saying worm as in like a ground worm. This spelled like worm, W-O-R-M. Okay. Not as I'm just picturing, I'm picturing the worm from Adventure Time. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, cute. it's exactly. So like, <laughs> but I feel like it's supposed to be more menacing, perhaps? Well, it, um, it's, the, it's the soul of a worm that's now a human. Apparently. The soul of a human that's now a worm. No. Oh wait, no, because well, the soul well, well of no, the it's, worm it's 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 yes to both. human form. That's what. It but says. didn't it say the worm was the man's old enemy? Yes. Was he when he was the old man's old enemy? Was he in worm form? Yes. Or was he a man that became a worm that then became a man again? No, he. So the the man that was always been a man burned a worm. Yeah. And the soul of that worm became this man. Became. The now human form He's now sleeping husband with his wife. of the vixen wife. Yes. Yes. Yep. 
This is some. This is I, a lot I, of I drama. Like, I this like one. this is yeah, yeah. This is like Jerry Springer of the <laughs> Antarctic of, of the Arctic. He could even see the marks of burning in its face. In this man, from his past worm self. That's right. So he had scars from being burned as a worm, and yeah. now has scars as a man worm person. I love every. Yep. Bit of what just came out of your luscious mouth. <laughs> Now the worm challenged the man to pull arms. The worm that was a man that's now burned. The worm. The man that is was a worm that's now burned. Yep. That's sleeping with fox wife. Yep. And they wrestled. Does he like her taste? Not mentioned, but probably. But the man found the worm very easy to master, and soon he won. After that, he and went out. it's not out. a worm, it's a man! It was a worm. It's a man that was a worm, so, it's, so the, so the man is easy to master. So, no. They're just saying the man and the worm so that you don't get mixed up between them. So, But they, you just said the man found the worm easy to master. Oh, my God. I'm going to just say it with worm man so you know what's happening. Thank you. So, Please. now the worm man challenged the man okay. to pull arms, and they wrestled. Okay. But the man found the worm man very easy to master, and soon the man won. Okay, yeah, that does clarify it, actually. After the man went out, no longer caring for his wife at all. And he wandered far and came to the shore dwellers. They had their houses on the shore just by the high watermark. I've heard about this in the past tale. Their houses were quite small, and the people themselves were dwarfs, who called the eider duck walrus. I guess that's supposed to be a regional descriptor that we might not know, having not been anywhere from that region. What region is this? Greenland? The Arctic? Yeah, we don't actually know because it doesn't say specifically. It's from just Damn it. yeah, somewhere north where they got worm men. Yep. But they look just like men and were not in the least dangerous. We never see such folk nowadays, but our forefathers have told us about them for they knew them. And now, when the man saw their house, which was roofed with stones, he went inside. But first, he had to make himself quite small, though this was, of course, an easy matter for him, great wizard that he was. Apparently, the man's a okay. Wizard. Yeah, hold up. I didn't know that before. <laughs> He's a wizard now. <laughs> husband. This is the husband that took the fox that became a woman. Yeah. So did he enchant this fox? He's a great wizard. No, because when he came home, he was surprised that she was a real woman and no I, longer I know, fox. but sometimes wizards surprise themselves when their shit works out. I guess. More often than not for a wizard, like, it's not, not planned. So not how many, like, wizard, uh, how many things in a wizard's day go unfulfilled? I don't know. I don't, I'm not a wizard. They're very unfulfilling lives. Those lives led by wizards. Fox as wife. <laughs> as soon as he came in, they brought out meat to set before him. There was the whole flipper. There was the whole four flipper of a mighty walrus. That is to say, it was really nothing more than the wing of an eider duck. So they fell upon this and ate. Yeah, they ate that flipper. But they did not eat it all up. After he had stayed with these people some time, he went back to his house, and I have no more to tell of him. The end. Kick-ass way to end the story. I, it's very good. It's very sudden. I like it. I, I like the erratic. <laughs> I like it's, it a lot. It, that's the original ADD storytelling right there. <laughs> that is some erratic bullshit. I love it. It's very good. I have one more, but I can't remember how long oh, it is. One more. This is a lot of fun. So a lot me, more of these tales. Let me look at it. I'm vibing with these more than I think is healthy. Yeah, I some of them are really long. Oh, okay, it's a short one. We can definitely do it. Okay. I mean, 
Yeah, I, I'm feeling it. These have been engaging. But if we could circle back to Worm Man and Man, the great <laughs> wizard. Man the I wizard think, and no, we Worm just, Man. I think we need to rename this podcast Worm Man and Man the Great Wizard. <laughs> That's a very good name. I liked how none of them were named anything. Um, this guy has a name, but I don't know if I can say it correctly. So I'm going to spell it first, the translated one, and That's then it? I'll give an attempt. So it's A-N-A-R-T-E-Q. I think it's Anarctic. Yeah, that seems fair. Anarctic. 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 We're going to go with that. Anarctic. Anarctic. And if you have the proper pronunciation, email it to me and I'll practice it and I'll re-say it in our fact-checking seminar if we get one. We have a seminar coming up? Well, I mean, actually, in our fact-checking segment that we do at the beginning sometimes if people send us in, like what we did with Kitsune when Maya was saying that that's just the name for a normal fox in addition to just being Yes, well, um, my defense, I knew that. I didn't know that. I know. I, I, I learned you on that. Wow. Okay. There was once an old man, and he had only one son. Good for him. And that that's son exciting. was called Anartic. But he had many daughters. They were very fond of going out reindeer hunting to the eastward of their own place in a Ooh. fjord. And when, uh, they came, uh. and when they came right into the base of the fjord, Nartik would let his sisters go up the hillside to drive the reindeer. And then when they drove them so, those beasts came out into a big lake where Nartik could row out his kayak and kill them all. Wow. Okay. Very gruesome efficient. real quick, but sure. Do you think these are the reindeer? Uh, do you think these folks did the fun thing where they drink the reindeer piss and hallucinate and make up the story of Santa Claus? Hmm, maybe. Because that's one of my favorite things that like people have ever done. There are reindeer around, but we don't know that they did that. I mean, can we can we just safely assume? No, we can't assume. You can make a conjecture, right? Because that would make an ass out of you and me. Yeah. We don't want that podcast. <laughs> I'm the only one with an ass around here. Wow. Okay, thus in a few days they Man, had gotta, their sacks filled with meat up, and the, could go home again. The cat has yawned three times in the last three minutes, so I think you're losing the audience. One day when they were out reindeer hunting, as was their custom, yeah, and the reindeer that. had swum out. That's all we know about them so far. I don't think the story, <laughs> the narrator needs to mention that's their custom. And an Arctic was striking them down. He saw a calf and he caught hold of it by the tail and began to play with it. Mm. But suddenly, the reindeer heaved up its body above the surface of the water and kicked at the kayak so that it turned over. So he started playing with it while he's killing the rest of its family? Apparently. That's the darkest thing that's been discussed tonight. He tried to get up, but he could not because the kayak was full of water. And at last, and he crawled out blood. of it. probably blood. The women looked at him from the shore. But they could not get him out to help him. His and sisters. at last they heard him say, Now the salmon are beginning to eat my belly. Jeez. Sorry, come again? <laughs> he said that. Who in Arctic said that? Yeah. And since very, when are the salmon in play? And why and he's since in when a is, kayak and I water. know, but why are this okay, no, but that doesn't explain anything. Yeah, he's in a kayak and yeah, it's got water in it. But why are salmon attacking him? I guess. Salmon don't be now doing he's that. Dead? He's dead now? Well, I don't know. Let's see. So he says... You're supposed to have these answers. I'm going to read it. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. Okay. He said, Now the salmon are beginning to eat my belly. And mm -hmm. very slowly he went to the bottom of the water. 
Now when Anartic woke up again to his senses, he had become a salmon. Yep. So he's like an Inuit Marid at this point. But his father was obliged to go back alone, and from that time, having no son, he must go out hunting as if he had been a young man, and he never again rode up to those reindeer grounds where they had hunted before. No, because apparently there's carnivorous salmon there. Yes. And now that Anartic had thus become a salmon, he went Man with the others in the spring, when the rivers break up, out into the sea to grow fat. But his father, greatly wishing to go once more to their old hunting grounds, went there again as chief of a party. Wasn't it just him, like, a sentence before that's like, I'm never going there again. I'm never going back to where my son was killed by those man-eating salmon. He never then, again rode up to where they had hunted before. Uh-huh. And then the next sentence, he's like, but I really want to go back there. And he went with the chief hunting party after many years had passed. Ah, okay, so it's been a minute. After his daughters rode for him, and when they came in near to the base of the fjord, he thought of his son and began to weep. But his son, coming up from the sea with the other salmon, saw, saw, what is this? Saw the umiak? I thought it said sack, but I think it's umiak. Umiak? Can we take a break to Google this word? Yeah. Oh, it's a boat. The boat. So, but his son, coming up from the sea with the other salmon, saw the Yumiak, which is a boat. Can't wait for this Disney Plus movie. And his father in it, weeping. Then he swam to it and caught hold of the paddle with which his father steered. His father was greatly frightened at this and drew his paddle out of the water and said, Anartik nearly pulled the paddle from my hand that time. So dad, old man dad knows that the salmon is son. Yes. How? Why? Because the salmon has full faculties of its flippers to use them like hands? I guess that would be a detective boy. And for a long while he did not venture to put his paddle in the water again. When he did so at last, he saw that all of his daughters were weeping. And a second time, Anartik swam quickly up to the Umiak. Again, the father tried to draw his paddle in when the son took hold of it, but this time he could not move it. But then at last he drew it in quite slowly to the surface, in such a way that he drew his son up with it. And then Anartic became a man again, and hunted for many years to feed his kin. I love that these stories just end like a car wreck. <laughs> they it's end very You're kind of like cruising, being like, alright, I'm in it with this tail, then over. It's over. Yeah, that's great. So he became a salmon, and then he stopped becoming a salmon. He just got pulled back into the boat. And then he's a man again. Yeah. And then he hunted more things again. Which is good for that old man, because then now he can just be chill and then have his son go hunting. Yeah. That's what the dream and hope of all old men. Yeah. Get their boy back. I mean, the Bastion. women were helping herd the sheep and stuff, but he was doing a lot of they the They weren't killing. herding sheep, they were herding reindeer. Reindeer, yeah, sorry. And they hurt a lot of reindeer. Herd. Herded. Hurt. They hurt, hurt and hurt. Hurt and hurt. They were covered in reindeer blood. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good tale. I liked how salmon ate that person's stomach. That was great. Yeah. I like, there are a lot of these that are really long. So it's kind of like, I want to read them at some point. At some point for fun, but they're not great to do in this podcast because it'd be like the whole hour that I'm reading the tale, you know? Um, But maybe we can do a bonus episode when we do a longer one. So, Maddie, do you have another uh, beloved? film in which to just thoroughly and completely shit this week 
Do you want to like make some <laughs> cis white men very upset with your hot take? Under the Green Knight. I don't know. Maybe we or, should just like, like not hereditary. Talk about it anymore. <laughs> no, I thought I really enjoyed that segment. Thoroughly. I so those are two movies that I have opinions on. I know you do, actually. And you want me to say them at the end, like for fun? Do you think it'd be funny or not? <laughs> not if you don't have something prepared. I, I have I two things already. I know that you, I, can say. <laughs> I know you can just go off right now. I don't know if that's what the people want. Okay, you don't then again, it's, it it's not for the people. It's for us. This is our place. Okay, should we talk about something else? We're at the end of the episode here. I know. So we could ask people to please email their favorite tales. And if you're of, um, you know, an indigenous tribe and you have a favorite tale that you want us to say, uh, please send it because we'd love to and give you credit for it. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you want to just hear us talk about and recap episodes of DuckTales, we're also more than happy to do that. What? Duck you could tales? also watch and review the movie Shark Tale. I think that would also be good. Um, so if you have anything that you want to send in or any corrections or any questions or anything that you think we should do, you should send it to addstoryteller at gmail.com. And if you're interested in us doing a live uh, commentary and viewing of Keith Ledger's Night's Tale, you can also write in. With and please tell your friends that we have a podcast if you like our podcast so that more people are listening to the podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram. You can. At ADD Storytelling Podcast. I get to write things there. and Tucker does great images every week that go with the flow of the episodes. Capital G, great. Great. Um, well, Maddie, I have to say, um, I haven't actually felt anything in years. And the tales you told me this evening, I, I felt something. So you broke through my hardened exterior and got to my gooey warm center <laughs> with your tales of old man, man wizard and the wolf, or the, sorry, the worm man. <laughs> and, and foster the, bear. And eating out that fox lady. Little bear. The stinky fox lady. Little bear was fine. I thought it really was so didn't, cute. I really didn't like how his mom ate his mom. <laughs> that was fucked up. Really I did like, I did like the man eating salmon. That was sweet. The salmon ate the man, and yeah, then the man, man became a salmon upon being eaten by salmon. So many questions. <laughs> but um, like I said, it's really cool. nothing has touched my heart in years. I have not known joy or love, just satisfaction. But you came through tonight, and you changed that. So I just say thank you. That's very intense. These tales. Thanks so much for listening and supporting us. No, 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 us. no. Thank you, Maddie. <laughs> Thank you. We'll see you next week with another thing to talk about. Probably won't see him though. It's an audio medium. Well, you'll hear you'll us, hear next, us week. next week. Yeah, we'll be here again. <laughs> Send us an email. We'd love to get emails. Please talk to us. Please talk to us. <laughs>